What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Free agency, it's almost upon us. Rumors are flying everywhere. Kyrie to Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton to the Mavs. What the hell is going on? Meanwhile, Bradley Beal was introduced today in a press conference alongside James Jones and head coach Frank Vogel. They gave us some good quotes. They made me want to run through a wall. But you know what? We got a busy, busy weekend ahead of us. So as we prepare for that weekend, we want to talk about everything that's going on thus far with the Suns, as well as explore the final chapter of our free agent series when we talk about all the free agent centers. And I welcome to the show, Fallen Founder, stepping in for Matthew today. What's going on? You know, I know I'm out here in Iowa, but I can see you from here. Is, is the earth flat? Is this a real thing? Could it be true? It, Kyrie it, Irving to the it valley. It might be true. It, it could be a fact. That we have to get used to the flat Earth theory and really truly understand that if if this theory is true, you might have to speak it into existence. Is is the sun flat? Is that a thing? It's like if the Earth is flat, is the sun flat? Is the sun flat? <laughs> or is the moon flat? If Kyrie Irving comes to the suns, will he demand right. that we be called the There's sun? Floating discs. I think it's floating discs. Yeah, that's the theory, right? The theorem, the Kyrie theorem. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's slightly less exciting though than that Bradley Beal conference uh, that uh, you were at, right? No, I didn't go to it. Dave King oh, okay. was representing SB Nation there. Uh, I was working, but I was watching. I was watching at work. Very unproductive day at work. Tomorrow will be the same. <laughs> uh, if any of my bosses are watching this, I'm sorry. Like I will get my work done. I will check on the team. I will guide the ship, and I will be constantly on my phone checking to see what's going on because there's plenty of things going on. It's that crazy time of year, that last real push of just madness before a little bit of summer league and then just kind of quiet until like what, September. So embrace the crazy, right? Embrace the crazy. Absolutely. Are you going to be going out to Vegas for summer league? I, I want to still, I, I don't know what the schedule is going to permit, but I was surprised. I don't know. Uh, you know, if, uh, what the situation is, but those games did not look inexpensive. Uh, I've seen like um, Victor Weminyama. That's the situation. Oh, right. that's right. Of course, yeah. He he's, I, which is a whole other topic. I can't believe they're even like doing anything besides having him walk around and wave at people. But uh, yeah, no, it uh, that explains why it's it's borderline a playoff. Uh, uh, it's like 400 bucks a ticket on some days. If you go on Friday, it's like 58 bucks. And if you go on like Saturday, it's like 70 and then it's like three fifty. So it's, it's going to be nuts there. So if you do have the chance to go out there, Jake, uh, go the eighth to the 11th. That's when both myself and Matthew will be out there. The jam session will be on site in Vegas, sweating our nards off as we go between the Cox center and the Thomas and Mack center to watch as much fucking basketball as possible so book your ticket now man smart move (laughs) prices are only going to go up exactly get them now get them now it's like crypto okay (laughs) get it now and then dump it later uh so before we get into this i i I just want to remind everybody who's watching of course you know hit the thumbs up button hit the subscribe button 
If you happen to be somebody who does not have DraftKings, go ahead and sign up. If you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. One, you create an account. Two, you make a deposit. And three, you wager five or more dollars on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you still receive $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code SUNSJAM when you sign up. The best part is using our code SUNSJAM not only gets you the bonus, but it also gets you to support the podcast so we can afford those summer league tickets. So Matthew and I can enjoy the summer league and watching Tumani Kamara. I have to like, I have to consciously think of his name. It just doesn't roll off the tongue quite yet. No, you gotta, you, you gotta help us out there people. So enter code sons jam. Remember this offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Arizona. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone, you know, has a gambling problem and wants to call or wants to help call when you have the next step, check out the episode description for full terms of the offer and the details. So as we get into this, before we get into this, let everyone know where they can find the hottest free agent in Suns podcasting. Where can they find you on the socials there, Fallen Founder? What, what, what? There we go, right there. The at Fallen Founder for the audio vi- listeners, uh, but for the video, at Fallen Founders, where you can find me on Twitter. Are you ever going to join a podcast permanently? Uh, I, you know, uh, like Dwight Howard, uh, if I must go overseas to find that great opportunity, <laughs> I will. Uh, but uh, yet, uh, one is not uh, yet. Uh, arrived uh you know for me that would so either my skill set either you're dropping a hint that you're going to end up hosting the first china suns fans podcast or are you joining the aussies i will sign a minimum contract is what i'm getting at i am (laughs) i am ring chasing baby let's make it happen (laughs) well again i really appreciate you joining the show matthew's got a lot going on this summer uh, and i'm going to be drinking are you going to be drinking with me buddy I will, absolutely. Well, I've got a fever tree ginger beer because I continue the summer of the Moscow Mule. What are you pounding over there? Uh, I'm doing a Corona because, you know, Modelo came up as like the number one beer out of Mexico, but I was always a Corona guy. I've always been a Corona guy myself. Do you put a lime in it? Uh, Normally I do, but I didn't have one tonight. (laughs) I don't blame you. I normally put a lime in my Moscow Mules, but I don't have one tonight. So cheers, Suns fans. we got a lot to talk about. I literally just dumped that Moscow mule like half down my shirt and all over the goddamn guy. First sip everywhere. Look at this. Look at me. I'm all fucking. That's what I'm you all... get for not having the lime. See, the it lime is the, the buffer. Of the drink. You, it does. You were too strong taking it. Yeah. It's it's yeah. like a filter, right? It's like when you have a cigarette with no filter, you just, you know, like American spirits and whatnot. Right. But this, I had no lime. Oh, that's I typically the filter. Cigarettes, that's a terrible habit. I don't believe in it. I know. Now pound, that, now, now, now pound that cigar you're smoking there, Jake. Sure. Look at that. <laughs> it's a non-inhale type product. <laughs> well, let's start with the news that dropped this morning that Kyrie Irving is somebody who will be meeting with the Phoenix Suns once June 30th comes and free agency begins. Obviously, that sends ripples through the NBA. And I guess the first two questions I have are, what? Why? How? Huh? <laughs> what What are your initial thoughts? When you heard 
that Kyrie Irving was going to visit with the Suns, did you feel like it was going to be one of those uh, power plays? He's trying to create leverage somehow in a situation where he doesn't necessarily need to create leverage, given the fact that Suns don't have a lot of leverage to provide. If they sign and trade for him, if they sign, you know, if, if it's a sign with Dallas and send him here and we send DA there and assets, it hard caps the Suns and completely cuts our legs off so we don't have the ability to make any moves with that hard cap. Or do you think that Kyrie Irving, the flat earther himself, is just crazy enough to come to Phoenix on a veteran minimum deal? <laughs> uh, is he crazy enough? Absolutely. Um, but I I'm, I believe it was you, wasn't it, at uh, Brightside Night? Was it last season that uh, asked James Jones if he was familiar with NBA 2K? <laughs> yes, that was me. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and you know, I, all I'm going to say is ever since then, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, you know, he, he he's not he's not just actually simulating a franchise season and trying to build a team. He's actually going in and modifying contracts, being like, no, Kyrie takes the minimum for he's on my team. <laughs> That's a fact, he's, he's like though. editing everyone up to 99 overall. He's like that guy that doesn't even want to play like any competition. <laughs> that I'm just saying you, you might be his, you know, he said he expanded his uh, you know, his team uh ever since the new owner took over. That might be the team. Uh, he's got people sitting there playing 2K going, you know who's really good that we could just put on our team for Landry Shamit? Let's go do it. <laughs> it's I, I asked James Jones that question. He completely deflected. He almost asked, acted if, is, as if he didn't understand what I was saying. Because I'm like, do you ever trade for guys who are really good and then you know simulate a season to see how it turns out? That was the premise of the question. He's like, well, a lot of guys in the NBA are really good. You know, that's kind of like the route he took. But low key, you might be onto something. He might have heard me and goes, you know what? Fuck the video game. I got Matt Ishbia now. I'm playing this in real life. And on the surface, you look at the fact that you have, if you if you can make this happen, if Kyrie Irving's crazy enough to come here on a veteran minimum deal, the starting lineup becomes Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. It's a 2K lineup. It's it, it's unbelievable. On paper, you'd have to be riding the small bus not to like that. And to think that the Phoenix Suns potentially, in this offseason alone, turned the contracts of Chris Paul and Landry Shamit into Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and some other players that are that are pretty good. You know, we talk about Jordan Goodwin, and I know that in the uh, the press conference today that we'll talk about here momentarily with Bradley Beal, he was talking about what a dog Jordan Goodwin was. But on paper, that, that that's a huge win, right? Like, you'd have to almost be crazy not to to get behind that that team. Well, I, I think absolutely. I, of course, the concern would be potentially um, – I would say that probably spells the end of uh, of one Mr. DeAndre and just because if if we thought he um, – if, if fans would, were getting on him for not having the motor before and basically all we would ask him to do is just go get uh, any missed shots if there ever happens to be one from these four <laughs> elite shooters um, and, and all of a sudden he doesn't like his role, I'm sorry, man. We're just going to need somebody uh, to just step up and block shots and rebound at that point. But, no, th th this is – this is quite honestly, I feel like I'm a kid again. And my older brother just like went behind my back and built like a team. And he's like, oh, no, I totally traded for fair and square with these guys. And like I'm getting crushed uh, while playing. And I'm like, I don't understand how you got these players on your team. That's how I would feel if Kyrie Irving was like, you know what? 
minimum contract. I just want to show up in Phoenix. Seems like a great place for me. And, uh, and then everyone's going to wish they had paid me more. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like you said, with the sliders and whatnot, it's almost like Kyrie, you know, uh, adaptability. They brought it down to a zero uh, sensibility. They brought it down to a zero believing that the earth is a round sphere. They brought it down to zero. So it tanked his value. Playing with chemistry off yeah. defense <laughs> off, you know, it's like all of it. It's just, again, on paper, when I heard the news personally, I went through a range of emotions as, as you typically do whenever you hear the two words in succession, Kyrie and Irving, because we all know that Kyrie Irving as a basketball player, when he's on the court offensively is one of the greatest ball handlers in the history of the league. I don't think there's a doubt. He, I would say top 10, you could probably make cases for top five, maybe even top three when it comes to his handles. Obviously his lack of defensive ability is something that when he joined the Dallas Mavericks last season, we all sat back, we lit a cigar, much like Jake, Fallen Founders doing right now. And we go, <laughs> I can't wait to see this fucking crash and burn. And crash and burn, it did. Dallas didn't even make the playoffs because when you had two players who don't play defense in the backcourt, people could take advantage of it all day long. Their lack of chemistry, when you have, have two guys who are so ball dominant, it tore that team apart and it became too much of this your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. And everybody else on the team stopped being engaged. They stopped moving around. They went to their corner and just hung out there, and they lit a cigar. Some of them had American Spirit cigarettes. <laughs> Some of them had just, you know, marble lights, and they're just like, fuck, I got nothing else to do. Dario Sarge, if he was on that team, he'd just be pounding marble lights. <laughs> Dario you know, would be the best person on that He, he would have been like, oh, this is this is made for me. Click, click, click. Uh, yeah. I normally have a lighter around here, too. Oh, yeah, I do. I got a little, like, he's like, it's a torch lighter, you know, for the meth. Yeah, yeah you know. <sighs> you know, that, that, and, and that, that's a beautiful ASMR right there. Right. And, that, and, and that's what would happen. To, uh, and that's what did happen in Dallas. So then, you know, when, when you when you try to download that thought process into Phoenix and you start thinking of what the pros and what the cons were of that team, you start to question even a lineup as great as that. At least I do. Do you question even a lineup as great as that with Kyrie? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm hoping that maybe we add a little bit more size, a little bit more toughness. Uh, if we do go with another guard, a uh, point guard, I would hope it'd be more of a kind of a defensive first point guard creator um, because offense is not going to be the issue. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think what every Suns fan right now is thinking is minimum contract. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then, then as you just accept it and roll of the course. dice on that. But uh, I mean, if, if, if I'm actually saying, okay, is this team going to win the finals? I would say certainly improved chances uh, again, but there's something about it that would make me a little bit nervous that it's not just scoring baskets in basketball. You have to do some of the little things too. And, uh, but no, I could, Hey, I could totally see it happening. And, you know, it, it, Kyrie Irving's not the first kind of crazy, amazing NBA player. I, I think of uh, one great Dennis Rodman, who mm -hmm. he's got his own interesting uh, quirks, but um he was a phenomenal defender and rebounder and a uh, multi-time champion. So very true. And it is very possible. And again, I, I like that you reference the basketball side of it, that it's more than just having a great off, a great, having multiple great offensive players. It, it, there's defense, obviously there's chemistry, there's work ethic. There's the best ability, which is availability. And that's what kind of scares me when we talk about Kyrie, at if he is a potential starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns. And it's not necessarily his availability. 
right? Like this is, we're post COVID. This isn't like anti-vax stuff and he's not going to play because in the home arena, he's not allowed to and what have you, all the, all the challenges that he faced while he was in Brooklyn during the time in which he was in Brooklyn. The challenge that I have is from a roster construction standpoint, positionless basketball or not. If Kyrie Irving is your point guard, Bradley Beal becomes your two. Devin Booker becomes the three. Kevin Durant becomes the four. What I'm thinking as we enter the season is we have more of a, a a bigger lineup. Like I'm really interested to see in free agency what kind of moves the the Suns make. So when it comes to that fourth starter, it's a power forward with some size who can defend other power forwards. Because if we have Devin Booker and we have Kevin Durant playing the three and the four, I feel like there's a higher possibility that from a durability standpoint, they're going to wear down because they're going to have to play bigger, more physical players. When's the last time the Phoenix Suns had a quote unquote big team? Never. We're, we're always a finesse team. Yeah. Like Amari Stoudemire with Kurt Thomas. I was going to say, I liked Kurt. I did. I did too. But Frankenstein. And the other, but again, the other side of this equation, if you do what the, what Frank Vogel was referencing today in his presser uh, or in the Bradley Beal presser, which again, we'll get to here momentarily, you know, they, they were talking about how that's, that could be the backcourt. He was referencing some campaign. He kept saying campaign, even though he's not fully guaranteed yet. Well, that's, that's internal, John. Yeah, that is internal. How dare you Dwayne? (laughs) Like for those of you who watched the press conference, uh, James Jones, Dwayne Rankin, local Arizona sports or or, uh, Suns beat writer, kept kind of questioning about transactions that are uh, relative to free agency. And and James Jones kept shutting him down. He's like, Dwayne, we talked about this. And I wish so much that we still had Dwayne Washington on the team because that would be his drop on the podcast. It'd be like, Dwayne, we've talked about this. It's like, fuck, a year too late. It's the first thing that went through my mind. I go... There was there was the Dwayne Washington drop. What I loved about it though is after uh, you know he he respectfully just he said I just want to reiterate I know you already know this Dwayne but it's internal when we're ready to announce we'll let you know and Dwayne had the cojones to say okay well I'm going to ask you another question about another player that's basically the exact same and yeah, he goes Darius then you don't Baisley. have to ask it yeah. <laughs> and then he, he goes, asked the question about- basically and he goes Dwayne. <laughs> It was high comedy. It was a really fun press conference to watch. Uh, and then mo- and then like two hours later, the Suns announced that they were not extending uh, a qualifying offer to Darius Baisley. He could have just said it right there. Saved us the time. Because literally two hours later, they're like, eh, we're not going to make him a $6 million qualifying offer. It's like, fuck, you could have just helped Dwayne out once. Come on. The guy, he's a beat writer. He's on the road with the team. Help the guy out. Going back to. It was internal. Uh, it is internal. It is internal. And the internal uh, decision is, and this is me probably just worrying about Devin Booker. I'm afraid if he has to play the three, he's going to get worn down defensively. I, I'm afraid if there's too much point book, he's going to get worn down from the offensive side of it. Although you do have Bradley Beal and you do have Kevin Durant on your team. Tell me I'm not crazy. Tell me it's going to be okay. No, I, I think, you know, especially if, if we're going to lack the degree of depth, and I think as Suns fans, we've come to accept that um, as we've gone, for, you know, uh, to Durant and now uh, with Beal. Uh, but I, I think what stands out to me with that is not just that those guys have also missed some time, but you look at uh, like Durant when he was with the Nets and 
the Celtics kind of bodied him up a lot more, and that's mm-hmm. how they were able to shut him down in his last run. Um, I, I think it's time that we have, you know, kind of our defensive hit squad, so to speak. I mean, a, a DA and somebody else patrolling the paint and then letting those three guys just flow. Yes. Uh, as opposed, I mean, they can dry, go in and draw some fouls when necessary, but you don't want them to have to constantly go at bigger guys that are going to wear them down over time. I mean, uh, I think, yeah, so I, I hope for that same reason that we go out and we get a little bit more size, or if not necessarily size, just somebody that can really mix it up a little bit more in the paint. Some Someone physical, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody who possesses that physicality that this team doesn't have right now with those four players. Uh, and that's why that fifth player is so vital. And, you know, how sons would it be that you go and you hire this great defensive head coach and you're like, all right, your starting lineup is a bunch of offensive guys. Make it happen. It's like the same thing that they did in L.A. to Vogel, you know, and they did it with like Westbrook and LeBron and A.D., although A.D. is more defensively minded. But it was ultimately, you know, he, he's like, I'm a defensive coach. Give me some defensive assets. I think that's why he's like sitting there waving the DA flag right now because he wants somebody who plays defense. Not to say Devin Booker doesn't uh, and not to say Kevin Durant doesn't, but you don't want to get them worn down from having to play defense because they're uh, oversized and outmatched at their p- respective positions. Well, you just gave me a little bit of a flashback. Uh, okay. And, uh, and I, I got a it's trigger warning to all the uh, jamsters listening. But um, we did see something sort of like this before with one coach named Terry Porter, who was mm. a defensive coach. Yes. That came in with offensive players, and that got transitioned back to the associate head coach. So maybe this is just one big thing to get the team back to Kevin Young. Uh <laughs> But I doubt it. I, I, I'm getting I'm getting more and more excited about Frank Vogel. I am too, and yeah, we'll talk about him momentarily. I even got a brand new Frank Vogel drop for everybody. Oh, you're gonna want to turn turn your uh, your car radios up as you're driving to work and roll the windows down, even if you're in Arizona, because it's it's a it's a banger, as the kids say. Uh, last thoughts on Kyrie again. You know, I whatever will be will be. I can't. I can't sit here and draw a line in the sand like some people can because I can see both sides of it. I see having him on this team and just saying that lineup out loud gives you chills. It's like, again, as we both mentioned, it's NBA 2K in real life. You can, If you go on NBA 2K right now, it won't let – it's like – you get like this air warning. It's, a, it's two middle finger emojis. And it's like you are not allowed to do this. You broke friend. the game. The game is broken. <laughs> it shoots the disc out at you, and if you're sitting directly in front – it could cut you. Those discs, they they can be sharp when broken. We all know this, the, uh, us children of the 80s and 90s. But the other side of this, again, is does it make basketball sense? Mm-hmm. Are we too offensively minded, not enough defensively minded? Are, are we turning ourselves into a, a team that – I'm trying to think of a good example. Who's all offense, no defense in the NBA? I was thinking football for a second. Like, uh, uh, oh, 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 I almost had it. The Kings? Oh, the Kings. See, we got it at the same yeah. time. Yeah, the Kings, all offense, no defense last year. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that. You need balance, especially with this head coach. So it will be interesting. I, I don't see how releasing this news creates any leverage whatsoever for Kyrie. Do you? No, no and th- that's what I really don't understand. I mean, uh, in the Bradley Beal presser, he talked about how brutally hot it is in Phoenix this time of year. And it's funny because I actually lived in Phoenix uh, during the summer, uh, gosh, like a decade ago. I had a job out there for a summer internship, and it was brutal. Uh, I remember I got to 118, and and I didn't understand it before I lived there, that you guys experienced like the 
you get, you start to sweat and then immediately it dries out. Oh yeah, and, uh, and so you just appear places with like salt all over your face. Yeah, so this that was crazy. new to me. I was not expecting that. But so Bradley Beal made a reference like, when is it not going to be brutally terrible uh, to be here? And so I have zero idea why Kyrie Irving uh, to kick off tomorrow's free agency periods. Like I'm going to go to Phoenix. I'm thinking about signing a minimum contract. Um, well, it's I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> of it's all a, the places to go, I mean, well, it's a conversation Matthew and I have every year around this time. It's like free agency happens at literally the worst time in Phoenix because you're flying guys out here and you're trying to talk to them. Now, granted, the reports are that the meetings are happening in LA. So that's, okay. that's a plus because I remember when we were going after LaMarcus Aldridge, like they flew LaMarcus Aldridge in. I remember that day was like a buck 18. I'm like, there's no fucking way that guy's signing. There's no fucking way. Uh, and that being said, Bradley Beal was wrong. It was a 102 today. It wasn't 115. We hit our hottest day of the year like yesterday, and that was like 109. Like, it's not even hot yet. This was been like I was talking to my wife a today. DC guy. It's super yeah, it's humid, humid there. there. It's yeah. gross. It's a different kind of heat out here. But normally June is un- is sweltering. It has been a mild fucking June. I was up at- hiking in Sedona last weekend. No, you can't do that in June. And I was doing that because it's been nice out. It was like 93 up there. Now, granted, we're cranking that fucker up by this weekend. We're a buck 14. Buck, so we're, we're going to hit what's typically June weather next week. Uh, thank you for tuning into the Suns Jam Session for the weather report. But that's that's what you get. So uh, let's change gears. Let's talk about the Bradley Beal press conference. She said you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley Beal. So I assume that you did watch it based on your previous references. Uh, what do you think of the press conference overall? Yeah, I, I didn't catch it all. I will uh, state that. But uh, what I did uh, kind of notice is Brad is uh, Bradley's good uh, on the mic. I mean, he is a likable uh, guy, as our friends over at the Aussie Sun fans would say. Uh, Boyd, he'd say, you know, he's a nice guy. He, uh, you know, he always wants nice guys on the team. Yeah. Bradley comes across as a nice guy, but um, the energy level. Uh, that Frank and James and Bradley kind of put forth was one of a lot of confidence. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me, and I forgot who it, it was, a Dave King maybe, or somebody asked the question about when you acquire a player like Bradley Beal and you're competing for a title, how much does it move the needle? And uh, and they asked that to Frank and James, and they kind of looked at each other, and Frank's like. Um, a whole ton. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then Bradley just starts laughing and James, yeah, he's a hundred percent correct. Like we are already great now. We're I, th- even I, I think that was the associated press guy. Like the one, okay. if you're watching it and you're hearing some of the names, you know, you hear Ger- Gerald Borgay, you hear Dwayne Rankin, you hear Dave King, you hear kind of the local guys who, you know, are going to ask the good questions. And you got like the one guy from associated press. He's like, so when you get Bradley Beal, does that make you better? And they're like, oh uh, yeah. Uh, the fuck you think when you outscore this? your opponent, uh, <laughs> how does that make you feel? Um, um, it makes us feel when, like we won a game. Yeah. <laughs> when when you shoot a, a ball from beyond that line and it goes in for three points, do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's why we play this game. Yeah, I I I got motivated from that. And and what's interesting is I got more motivated from Frank Vogel than I did from Bradley Beal. And a lot of the questions. This is a really the first opportunity that the team and and the local media has had an opportunity to talk to James Jones and Frank Vogel since Frank Vogel's press conference and Frank's. Vogel's press conference was very vanilla, I would say. It was a lot of just kind of, you know, softball questions, asking them about, you know, what it's like to be here, talk about his experience, talk about who he's as a coach. Whereas this is like 
you know, again, as we mentioned, Dwayne Rankin was like, yo, what are you doing in free agency? Like, we're right at that perfect time where everyone's like, there's a lot of balls in the air right now. We're just trying to see where they all land. So why Bradley Beal did have some great quotes, it was Frank Vogel and James Jones who gave us uh, some really good insight, I feel. But that being said, I will read off some of the quotes that Bradley Beal said uh, that I did thoroughly enjoy. He said, I get antsy just thinking about it. The, big, the biggest box we check is our unselfishness, more open shots. Got to work on my catch and shoots. Got to agree on that. That is one uh, one area of concern, you know, quote unquote concern for a guy who's at one point scored 30 points in the league is he's a shot creator. And it's great that we have this secondary shot creator, uh, this third, this tertiary shot creator. <laughs> Forgot about that Kevin Durant guy. But he's got to work a little bit on his catch and shoots. That's something that he doesn't necessarily uh, possess. Uh, he uh, It's his lowest shooting percentage. We're not going to let the media's expectation be bigger than ours. Good, solid media answer there, Bradley. Uh, I think that's one of our biggest decisions or one of the biggest decisions that impacted me coming here, knowing that every single night I'm going to be in an important game. The guy's been playing in Washington. He's never gotten out of the second round in 11 years. Like he's got to be drooling at the opportunity to play here. Uh, it's the first thing James Jones said is, okay, when we played you, we pretty much doubled you when you had the ball. He's like, but with you, with us, you are going to, who's going to, uh, who are you going to double team? What are your rotations going to look like? And so just that two seconds, I was like, damn, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, when you have Devin Booker and you have Kevin Durant, like there's going to be one of those guys is going to be open. And we talked about it with with Chris Paul here. It's like either Chris Paul or Devin Booker or Kevin Durant's going to be open. And now it's Bradley Beal. Like, whoa. Like Black yeah. Rob used to say, 100 mile an hour switching lanes. Like, whoa. Well, and, and that's what we saw with Chris Paul a little bit last year. I know we got a little frustrated sometimes with this catch and shoot uh, on threes, uh, I think towards the end. And uh, especially kind of towards the end of games when you'd start to wonder if his legs were kind of coming out from underneath him a little bit on, on longer threes. Um, that's not going to be a Bradley Beal type issue. And I think Chris Paul, I think they said he moved it to his lowest amount of shots in the paint. Uh, or like within a you know short distance of the basket uh, in his career, and it's understandable. He just he doesn't have that athleticism anymore to get to those spots. Mm-hmm. He can still, of course, hit the mid range jumpers and whatnot. But like it, this is a whole other. I mean, I, I didn't understand the national media's uh, you know kind of like, oh, is this really that much of a bigger difference? It's like yes. Um, well, Beal doesn't he doesn't always stay healthy. Chris doesn't always stay healthy. Well, yeah, but. Um, Chris is, or Brad is in his thirties. Well, Chris is pushing 40. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Bradley's used to hitting more threes. Uh, I think to me, Chris used to be more of a defender. I would say it's probably almost equal now uh, between those two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of shot creation, it's to me, I think Bradley could really be a, uh, a good distributing guard because as you point out, who else was distributing uh, in Washington? He had, what, one, two years with Russell Westbrook and uh, a handful of years with John Wall. Mm-hmm. Those guys were the primary uh, distributors. Uh, and But recently, I mean, it was him, Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma. So, you know, like, he had to create every shot. Nobody was going to create a shot for him. So I think all of a sudden, Devin Booker or Durant drawing attention away, he's going to love those catch-and-shoots. A hundred percent. And he could do so from a versatility standpoint as a scorer, he's five times the player that Chris Paul was. Chris mm-hmm. Paul was great at the midi. He got, he had some decent uh, games in which he shot the three ball last year, but his ability to drive and 
want to create contact on the interior was non-existent. Whereas Beal isn't afraid to attack the cylinder. Uh, and he's not afraid to find, you know, get to the same spots that Chris Paul did in a more, much more athletic way. I've always been a huge Bradley Beal fan, but you know, it's just, I never thought he'd be on our team. You know, it's just like Kevin Durant. Like I've always been, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of both these players. Like my insides, I'm just like, who, you know, the, the, the big challenge, obviously when, when we talk about Bradley Beal is his contract long-term and we're going to have to pay for that, but let's not pay for it on June 29th, 2023. Let's enjoy the fact that he's on the team. And, and we're heading in a direction in which we're, we're playing 2K at will. It's unbelievable. Uh, a couple more quotes from Bradley Beal in his press conference today. I don't think either of us really have any position. He can create. He can facilitate. He can shoot the ball. He can score the ball. And I can do the same, obviously referencing Devin Booker. So it's not going to be who's going to play point, who plays shooting guard. I think it's an interchangeable thing. And whoever gets it goes. And that kind of answers, you know, at least Bradley's perception and a lot of our perception is we're going into this position. We don't have a point guard. We don't have a shooting guard. We have a backcourt. Well, and I think uh, we played a significantly slower pace uh, with Chris Paul as our point guard last year. Understandably so. I think that's going to and and Bradley Beal referenced that, that this is going to be a very fast paced team because you don't have to wait for your point guard to come from the top of the, you know, top of the arc down to collect the ball, you know, from the out of bounds, uh, you know, inbound pass and then take off. You have three, maybe four guys that can take it and go. You're yep. already running. As soon as that ball goes in, you're already running back down. Uh, the, the, you know, Bordier is going to get tired sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure uh, fine. It, it's, it's going to be just fine. And because these guys will be able to alternate that too. One guy takes off and then, you know, a play comes back and then the next guy takes off sprinting down and you're not going to be able to keep up and stay in front of Booker, Beal, and Durant when these three guys are out and running. It'll be scary fun. (laughs) And the way they're going to collapse defenses, one of them will be open because of the, their willingness to push the the ball up the court and create that pressure, Uh, which, you know, Frank Vogel mentioned, and the last thing before we get to Frank Vogel, the last thing that Bally Beal said, and I loved it, goes, this is Book Nation. I need a shirt that says that. Book Nation. I mean, I it. it is. I loved it. I loved it in the little chat. I said, love. The little <laughs> heart floated up, you know, when I was watching it. So, uh, again, I mentioned Frank Vogel. Absolutely uh, was impressed with what he was saying and, some, you know, already kind of telling some of his philosophy. So, debuting for the first time on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Let us know what you think in the chat. Uh, crank those speakers up. The Frank Vogel drop, la- drop, ladies and gentlemen. Frankie, Frankie Vogel, Frankie, Frankie Vogel, Frankie Vogel, Frankie Vogel. Go, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> layered upon layered, the greatest drop in the history of shitty drops. That's why you do it. <laughs> it's so bad. I can't sing. Oh, that's fantastic. If that doesn't get a hundred likes right now, I was so disappointed. Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nathan. Nathan. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I worked hard. You can see I like I layered it over and over again. I mean, that's yeah. what like. 
you're, you're like that kid that's like flunking math class, but you show you show your work, so you still get fifty per percent credit. So yes. it's like, no, I worked so hard on it. Well, it's it's, it's wrong. But the effort was there. I mean, it's, it's it's really impressive. Mark N in the chat. My ears. Ouch. Yeah, I feel bad for anybody who's listening to the podcast and you are driving your car because you just literally go, what the fuck was that? And you're trying to turn it down. You probably merged. If uh, I, I, I will say, if you've got in a car accident, we are not responsible here for the Sun's Jam Session podcast. I have a lawyer. His name is So Says Jay. He'll, he'll help me out. Los Suns, who's normally a big fan of our drop, says, meh. Uh, Sir Hamo, uh, I love it. It's so bad. It's brilliant. The Book of John, that felt like a live exorcism. <laughs> Levi, Levi Smith, my ears. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm sorry, folks. I just, I, it was, it's so bad. Like, I will probably change it, but it was just so bad. Now I kind of want you to own it. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, best thing I heard all day from my favorite tech, Jose. I hit like already, always do. It's these lazy shits that don't do their part. Hit like everybody. Um, do it for Frankie, baby. <laughs> why this guy runs Suns Media? Uh, I don't know if that's like a uh, why don't I or I or I do. I don't run any Suns Media. I just run Bright Side. Uh, hit the likes. Um, I feel like you can play with some Frank Gallagher drops from Shameless. I got a I got a lot of people giving me Frank uh, options. I just that's that's the one I went with. But anyways, Frank Vogel. Let's talk about him. Uh, one of the things that he said in the press today, Bradley hasn't always had the pieces around him to win a championship, but there's an old saying that we used to say back when I was in Indiana and I was able to carry it through with the Lakers. Champions behave like champions before they're champions. I love that quote, man. Makes me just want to sing again. Uh, <laughs> not doing it to you poor fools again. Not that mean. That, that was a uh, – I did like that line. You, you know what stands out to me a little bit about Frank in comparison to Monty? And, and you know, I took some philosophy courses in college. I mean, I, I enjoyed Monty-isms. Uh, you know, he kind of had his own kind of wise sage ability. Um, but I will say in comparison to Frank, Frank is very refreshing because you feel a little bit more of the upfront enthusiasm. Like, oh, wow, DeAndre Ayton, fantastic center. We're going to do great things. Can't yes. wait to do great things with him. And, oh, Bradley Beal, yeah, he immediately makes us even better. And we were fantastic already. Whereas Monty's like, well, you know, everyone's going to have to really work hard. And, you know, uh, you're, you know, uh, everything we want's on the other side of hard. And it's like, yeah. just, just, just be proud of some of these guys. You're like, DA is that guy I think we've always been saying, like, he's not going to be the guy that you're going to be able to, like, yell at and like coach him up like we worried chris paul was going to do mm -hmm. and maybe that monty stuff wasn't really connecting with him and he's going to need somebody that's just like da you can do fantastic things like let's get you in a position to do them and oh yeah that makes more sense like it you know maybe he just he wasn't a philosophy guy it could be the case but frank has an enthusiasm about him that he just seems really excited to get going Agreed. And I know that if you talk to anybody who uh, is in the Lakers universe when he was coaching there, that's exactly what they said. They're like, listen, he's going to say some great things. He's going to get you really excited because uh, he's, he's a confidence builder. And that's not to say that Monty Williams wasn't, but I, I do think you're correct. Monty was more of a philosophical guy. And he's the kind of guy, like, if your life's down, you feel like you can go to him and he'll, he'll lift you up with some really sage advice. Whereas if your life's down and you go to Frank Vogel, he's going to lift you up by motivating you, by telling you good things about yourself, instead of looking at the universe as a whole and saying, you know, uh, hard work shown is better than hard work talked or whatever his saying was, you know, he's like, dude, you're, 
you're an amazing human being. The traits that you possess are going to translate on the court because of you and and the way that you approach it. It's it's just mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. It's a different way that he approaches uh, that we've seen just in a couple press conferences. Uh, he did reference that he wants to play with pace, so they're going to have multiple ball handlers attacking on most possessions, and he loves the fact that both Bradley and Devin have played point in phases of their career and can initiate the offense, and so can KD. So that can, again, that fortifies what we spoke about a little bit earlier when we talked about how you just it, we're going to come out firing. We're not going to come out. We're not The ball's not going to roll up the court. You know, slowly, like Chris Paul's pointing and doing all kinds of stuff, and you know, doing the Macarena, and then picking up the ball, and then we're starting the the possession all late, and the defense set right. Like you're not going to see a lot of that. Uh, then he's talked a lot about Da. He's one of the best two way centers in the game. He said, "I think Da can be a huge part of our team." Uh, it's tough because we're on the outside looking in always, but I see his value. I think he's already or he's a really talented big one of the best bigs in the league and a willing defender i think that's a lost art in our game so i think it's going to be a huge impact for us this year relative to one deandre ayton watch reports that came out of the stein line yesterday morning uh there was a proposed trade tim hardaway rashawn holmes javel mcgee i think a second round pick for da is that his value? Is that how other teams are valuing DA around the league? They're like, listen, we're going to give you two centers that you already had uh, and Tim Hardaway and like a second round pick. And were the, the Suns smart not to do it. Where do you stand as far as DA goes? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a hardcore DA stand. I've get, certainly gotten frustrated with him uh, on more than a handful of occasions. Um, but I, I am re- relatively pro DA. I mean, I feel like the biggest knock on Suns teams over the last – 15 years maybe has been like, why don't we have somebody that can get 10 rebounds or more? And because, uh, you know, Amari Stoudemire was never like a dominant rebounder. Sean Marion was good, but he had to kind of play out of position a lot. And here's DA. He can easily get you 10 a night. And he does it when he's not really trying. So imagine when he tries kind of approach. And so uh, I think his value, I, I think the Mavericks thought that we were the Wizards. No, we just, we just, Rob the Wizards and got Bradley mm-hmm. Beal. We aren't taking trash back. Uh, we'll give you our trash, uh, Landry Shaman. But um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I mean, I like. I, I thank goodness we didn't make that trade. Like that would have been so dumb. That would have been yeah. That would I, I would have been so pissed. You know, I'm a typical Suns fan. Much akin to yourself, I, I do like Da, and I do find myself oft frustrated by his lack of. Uh, hustle, effort, physicality. I want so much more from our number one pick and our max center. I do. And I was mentioning it on one of the most recent podcasts, um, how the addition of Frank Vogel really has me excited again. I'm being duped again. Here we go. Year six of DA of getting excited, but him as a fourth option behind those other three options, uh, if he can provide and, and fortify what, Vogel wants him to be is a great two-way center somebody who can because he does have some really good traits on offense like his jumper's nasty you know mm-hmm. he's got some mid-range stuff that's disgusting his uh float game you know again we wanted to dunk it but he, he's still highly highly effective uh but because our expectations are so high from him we're so goddamn critical of him and myself included god knows how many post-game podcasts am i just sitting here fuming because I, he had like a 20 rebound game and i was pissed earlier this season it's because i expect that much from him but, and perhaps I'm 
naive, uh, but I want I want to see Da on this team with Vogel and with these three players, you know. And I and I really like what uh, Phoenix Suns with Jam says. He goes, "We judge Da like this: Vogel improves Da, or we ship his ass out, or Annie sh- or and we ship his ass out. Either or. I hope it's an or. I hope name. it's an or. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. You know, Although so, I guess some people could say improve his, his uh, value and then trade him. But um, I, I would still love to you know unlock DA, as we've been saying for years. Um, but to me, I mean, looking at the offensive scheme that we were running a lot with Monty, uh, and, and I didn't really notice it, I guess, at the time, but I've actually heard a lot more about it since Chris Paul ended up with Warriors. And mm-hmm. perhaps you've heard about this, too, that the Warriors ran, I think, the fewest pick and rolls. Uh, and Chris Paul almost ran as many pick and rolls by himself as the entire Warriors team yeah. had. So when your seven foot, two hundred and sixty pound center has to come out to the top of the key to set a pick, he's not by the basket. He's not going to be able to back someone down, get an easy tip in. I mean, yes, he can roll, but that's a lot further way to roll. And and I remember the few times that we we would kind of drive to the basket. They'd have DA kind of sink kind yes. of almost away and lower away from the basket. Yes. And it just, that's what's frustrating. So I don't think that that's, I hope that's not going to be the same offensive mentality because Durant can take someone off the dribble. Beal can Booker can, and I want to see DA crashing just constantly by the yes. hoop. He's the ready cutter. to get those easy, easy tip ins. And he's good at that. He's good at just one hand on it and put it right back in. And so I think he's going to enjoy that. And then he used to actually be pretty great. I mean, he's a decent defensive center, but mm-hmm. he used to get more blocks. And I think Vogel's going to find a way just to say, you know what, go after it a little bit more. Yeah, be aggressive and and good things will happen. And you're right, when we talk about the, the pick and roll, obviously one of the big frustrations that we as Suns fans have had with DeAndre Ayton is his hands. That on the pick and roll, when Chris Paul would try to get him the ball as he was rolling, unless the you know, he'd have right in his hands and he, he'd fumble it. And I, I think a lot of that, and I reference this on multiple post game podcasts, where there's a lot of confidence that Chris Paul had in de- in uh, DeAndre Ayton. So he would stop. He he'd, he'd make him come out, set a pick, he'd roll off of it, and then Da would roll, and then he pass and he'd come back to him and he have him do it again. Like on three possessions, he's had like three picks, and ultimately he would never get the ball. Mm-hmm. and there were times when they would then he would do the role they give it to him he'd fumble it and part of that is yeah he his hands they they probably aren't the best in the league that is a challenge for deandre Ayton. but the other side of that is half the time i feel like he wasn't expecting it and we'd always be like come on man you should be expecting that but like I, i've said it multiple times like chris paul didn't trust him so he wouldn't get him the ball and then mm-hmm. when you have other people like the only person who started to really get good at it was devin booker the entry passes mm-hmm. have been horrible with him so the offensive schemes, I'm really excited to see what Kevin Young has has in his back because you know that Kevin Young, who people state is an offensive guru, which is kind of a word that gets thrown around probably a little too much, but he's had a, a pick-and-roll offense with a slow point guard uh, and, and had to master the midi and, and build his offense around the midi for the past three seasons. So maybe he's got some things up his sleeve that will incorporate DeAndre Ayton more knowing that the floor general in Chris Paul is no longer there to dictate whether or not DeAndre gets his, the touches that he needs to be successful. Well, and, and I think, too, uh, it, it, you don't always notice it because it, I think we Suns fans look at his motor and that, uh, you know, that 
awful visual of just like somebody going out and getting multiple rebounds and him like not just running in and throwing his shoulder into somebody. Um, but he played the second fewest minutes per game in his career last year. Mm-hmm. He also had the second highest scoring output per game last year. So there's things that we want him to be so great, but I think we also have to understand he is still pretty good. And that's yes. what, why we should be excited. And that's why we have to reject these trash trades that are just like, hey, we don't want these people at all. And Tim Hardaway sometimes plays for us. And it's yeah. like, no, like you, a guy that's 18 and 10 a night is not <laughs> like a bargain basement type uh, uh, player to trade away. And I've made this case not only on Bright Side of the Sun. Uh, if you like to read, head over to Bright Side of the Sun some of the best content on the content webs, interwebs, suns stuff. But I've made it on this podcast before where I completely thought I was going to, I forgot what I was going to say. You were going to say that DA is better than we give him credit for. There you go. Uh, that he is a top eight center. And for some reason, like we're pissed off with the top eight center. We want him to be a top three, but when you have Devin Booker, when you have Kevin Durant, who are both, I would say top 15 players, you know, that's saying that they're all NBA players. They're both all NBA players. If they were both healthy enough last season, they would have been on all NBA teams. That's a fact. So when you have two top 15 players and a guy who was a an all NBA player two years ago, you're not going to get. I, I think Matthew said on the last podcast, he's like, well, we need an all star performance from. No, you don't. He's not going to have the production. He's not going to get the shot attempts. That's why you focus on him being the defensive anchor. And like you said. As these guys are cutting and crashing, you know, to the glass, he's the one who's cutting on the on the weak sides, getting the tip ins, mm-hmm. getting the the wraparound passes when the the opposition goes. You know what? Here comes Kevin Durant. We have to both rush him real quick to take him out of his area. Right. So that's where he's every really time excel. one of our guys takes somebody off the dribble, that's going to make their defensive postman play up, and Da should just be immediately right there at the glass. It shouldn't yeah. be him running down from the top of the key anymore. It should or just fade, be or, or fade on the because what he'll do sometimes he'll kind of fade on the baseline and not go for the rebound. He should be mm-hmm. sitting there trying to get that rebound. Or if he is out there at 15 feet, just be standing there and then they just dish it to him. He just strokes it all day long. So yeah. there's a lot of opportunity and he's good at for that. him. Yeah. So the so I will ask you this question because you know, obviously the last section of this, we're gonna talk about some of the free agent centers that are gonna be coming off the board here shortly as free agency begins. What is it? What is it tomorrow? It's like six PM Eastern or is Eastern. it on yep? Yeah. So it's three PM tomorrow. Shit starts to go crazy. Have your notifications on. Uh quick question. Do you have notifications on, on Twitter and who whose notifications do you have? I don't. <laughs> you know interesting. No, I just occasionally I'll get like a random. Uh, what? Well, no, you know what? Our uh, the uh, the um, pod tweet group uh, is a notification. The, I guess the, the Suns po- Potter fodder. Yes, the Potter fodder. <laughs> Potter fodder. That's one I turn off. <laughs> you motherfuckers talk so much in that fucking thing. I'm just like off. I'll go back and I'll read it and I'll make fun of one of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, so like I have Woj's notifications on. Okay. I have I have Shams. I have, and then this time of year I have Keith Smith NBA because he's kind of the guy who runs Spot Track, and that's all the contract stuff. Uh, and then I have like the Phoenix Suns. I think those are the four where it's like if they tweet something. Oh, and Chris Haynes. So those five when they tweet something, <laughs> Chris. you know. But like I, especially this time of year, you gotta know what's going on. So starting next, uh, starting next day tomorrow, in less than twenty four <laughs> hours, baby. less than twenty four hours, it's gonna be on. So. I'll ask you this question before we hit that. Do you think the Suns 
are going to trade DA, or do you think that DA is on this team? This I think uh, he's on this uh, team. I, I think they would have liked to have traded him. The value, nobody else is putting the same value to him. He's more valuable with us right now than he is for any other option that we were being offered. I, I agree with you. I think a lot of the rumors are true. I think the Suns were exploring options relative to DeAndre just to test the market, see what it was. And I think that if you're getting Tim Hardaway, JaVale McGee, and Rashawn Holmes as offers, you you kindly go, fuck that, and you carry mm-hmm. on. So that being said, uh, the qualifying offer has been extended to Jock Landell. So we should know soon what his value is on the market. Do you think that Jock Landell is somebody who another team is going to make a higher offer for? Or do you think that there's going to go, nope, and then he's going to sign his qualifying offer with, with the Suns, which I think was 2-2? Um, I still, you know, I, I'm still kind of and fan, uh, a fan of this theory of trying to overpay some of the guys we can, and I think he's one of them to mm-hmm. try and create a, a more tradable contracts uh, this year in the future. Uh, so I, if that's one of them, as I understand it, I think it is. I would say try and overpay him a little bit, uh, but no, I don't think anyone is going to try and run in and take Jack away. I don't think so either. As we go through it, I'm going to go through it somewhat quick here, but I feel like when you talk about the center position, of all the positions that we've talked about on the Suns Jam Session podcast, go back, we've done point guards, shooting guards, power forwards, small forwards. The center is, I would feel, the deepest and the cheapest in the league. There's a lot of really really tall guys who you can get on veteran minimum deals, and so if you're looking to build out that aspect of your team, you can do so, and it's not going to cost you a bunch. And I think that Jock Landell is somebody who the Suns, again, have already extended that qualifying offer to. If no one shoots his value up, seeing as he's a restricted free agent, and, you know, again, the Suns have the op- the opportunity for first right of refusal, uh, I think that he comes back. And I almost hope somebody does it. I hope that somebody goes, you know what, Jock, you know, here, here's a, a two-year deal, $24 million, right? Puts him at a $12 million, and the Suns have the right to match that. Because to your point, Jake, then he becomes a more valuable asset as a tradable asset in the future, knowing that the only assets we have to trade moving forward are players themselves with stackable contracts. And you need some of those. And and you can't do that if you have a bunch of veteran minimum guys. I like the energy he brings coming off the bench. I think you need somebody who – whoever's coming off the bench isn't going to be a complete player. There's no one who we're going to go through is like, dude, that guy's amazing at offense and defense. Because guess what? They're starting in the NBA. So you're going to see some defensive guys. You're going to see some offensive guys. I think he's a great offensive guy to bring uh, coming off the bench. Looking at some of the different options that exist, if you start with the club option, uh, the only guy remaining on the club option front is Mike Muscala from the uh, Boston Celtics. He's got a club option for $3.5 million. He's considered a rotation player. Uh, I assume Boston will t- pick that up, although the fact that they haven't to this point is kind of interesting. When you go to player options, there's nobody who has a player option left on the center position. When you talk about restricted free agents, everyone's a two-way player, so I don't even need to discuss all those two-way guys. The only guys who aren't two-way players, you have Paul Reed with the 76ers, whose uh, qualifying offer, if they were to bring him back, is $2.3 million. And then uh, we have the aforementioned um, Jock Landell. Now, looking at some of the unrestricted free agents. Okay, this is where... You got in this theory, DA stays. We bring back Jock. So who's your third center? And there's a ton of them. There's when you look at uh, fringe guys, if you will. There's 
guy, you know, Boban uh, Marianovich. I don't know. No one knows how to say his last name. He's calling Boban. There's Tristan Thompson, Robin Lopez, Alex Len, Frank Kaminsky, DeAndre Jordan, Todd Gibson, Gorgie Jang, Dwayne Denman, Willie Cauley Stein. There's a ton of guys out there with names that we know. Are any of the fringe guys guys that you're interested in bringing in, or are you, or do you think that? The Suns can bring in somebody who uh, of the rotation quality uh, be, on a good contract. I definitely think there's going to be something. It, there, it's fascinating. R- right now, the NBA is going through just – centers are like running backs in the NFL right now. They really You've got are. got like a few guys that are like, this guy carries our team. Nikola Jokic. Then, yeah, and then 25, 27 other teams are like, we do it by committee. And, and that's the thing right now is that MVPs are centers right now. So you're amazed with how many big guys are like, can I, can I please play for you for $2 million? And it's like, Oh, okay, I guess Um, we don't really need you. um, But you do. And uh, because you need a little depth. And uh, so I hope there's somebody with some size. Um, Some of the guys that I looked at, I, you know, I, Mohammed uh, uh, Bamba, he's he's gonna Mo go for Bamba. Yeah, Mo's gonna go for more, right? I mean, he's not gonna be. Well, I know the Lakers didn't uh, extend him the offer today because he was a restricted free agent, so he's gonna hit the market. And it's gonna be like I'm excited to see what what happens to Mo Bamba. I I don't think he ends up in Phoenix. I'd be excited if he ended up in Phoenix. I'll tell you that. If he's a guy who's like, yo, I'll take a veteran minimum for a year, try to prove myself in this league as a backup to DA. But again, Mo Bamba, there's a reason why. The Lakers aren't bringing him back, and some a lot of it's monetary. Yeah. I will say yeah. that a lot of it's monetary. The Lakers are a much akin to the Suns; they have some financial restrictions. Uh, but I think that he can, on the market, get the Detroit's, the Houston's, the San Antonio's of the world. Those with a lot of cap space can really can say, "Come in, mid-level exception. Here's twelve million. Uh, come play for us for a year. You know, a one-year deal. You can prove yourself. We'll give you the starting time, and that's going to be more appealing to him, in my opinion." Mm-hmm. Um. What about uh, – I saw Robin Lopez. I did kind of chuckle about bringing Rock Robin. Robin. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of like that idea. I think, you know, Frank Kaminsky, I think, is kind of – if you bring Jock back, kind of a center that can spread the floor a little. I don't know if Frank is going to be as necessary. So I yes. don't necessarily think he would come back. Um, but Montrez Harrell? Just oh, a rebounder. You hit my G spot there, Jake. I just you you know I like somebody that can control the glass, and that's Harold, and he doesn't mind going up and just smoking somebody. (laughs) And you sometimes you need that to remind everyone it's still a physical game, and you can't just come into the paint and expect not to you know have arms come at you. So there's there's almost like this running joke, right? Uh, At bright side of the sun. Every offseason, I put an article together on why we should go get Montrez Harrell. And every offseason, I link it to the previous offseason. I think it's going to be the fourth year. It's the third or fourth year in which I'm going to publish a piece tomorrow talking about why Montrez Harrell is, should be a target for the Phoenix Suns. And you nailed exactly right. Like He's a fuck shit up guy. He's a rebounding guy. He's, a, he's an attitude guy. He is, he's like Jock Landell is on offense, but on defense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, you look at him last year. Right. He he played what 57 games with the Philadelphia 76ers. He only played 11.9 minutes. He had 5.6 points. He only had 2.8 rebounds. He's really kind of fallen off a cliff, but the guy's only 29. Uh, he was a six man of the year guy, like what, like three years ago? Three years yeah. ago? I mean, so 
Uh, he, he's a hustler. He's a grinder. He's somebody who I absolutely have always loved. And he's out there as an unrestricted free agent. I'm just like, inject that into my van. Please. I want Trez on our team. I want Trez on our team. I know he had you some legal issues a couple of years ago. So, I mean, that's probably why some of it, his uh, availability. Who's your remind you of? Well, I was going to say, uh, he was a guy that played for the Denver Nuggets. And he was like a total flash in the pan player for a couple of years. I want to say his name was Kenneth Fareed. Oh, I remember Kenneth Fareed. Yeah. Yeah. And he just like he could score a few buckets, and he'd go just like it was. He was rebounding like he actually wanted every single rebound. And then people were like, "Wow, look at this player!" And then shortly after that, people were like, "He can't do anything else." But yes, that's fine. That we don't need him to do anything exactly. else. Exactly, this type of player. So, well, and, and you think yeah. about who he'd be replacing here because Bismack Biombo is an unrestricted free agent. And I like him. I'm 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 totally fine with bringing him back. I am too. If they bring him back, I'm all for that because he brings defense. He brings mm-hmm. unbelievable shot blocking ability. Uh, he's he's a zero on offense. Uh, so I mean, that's the dichotomy. And it should be a negative on offense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they foul the, him and he goes to the free throw line. It's like ah man, and now he, we can he get shot, twenty points this possession. He shot like thirty five percent from the from the line last year. I mean, it was. You would just think he, all he does, like during an off season, would be shoot free throws and be amazing to see how he could get a new contract. But yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, I don't build his off season schedule. <laughs> but you know, that could be a new career for you, Jake. You could just be I like, should, I, yeah. I am here to to build out your shooting schedules. Yeah. Uh, only for big men, though. Only for exactly. big men. Da, we're going to do this thing called hustle, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to mm-hmm. set up some summertime drills for you. Da, here's a Red Bull. Okay, yeah. uh, pop this open and play a game. Just see what happens. You know, you might be. Oh, and if we please get the him like the football jug machine, so all he does is practice catching balls constantly. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. He'd break his finger and he'd be out for the season. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those non-traditional trainers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ted Lubin says Montrell's is a power forward. He's six, seven agreed, but he can, he plays big, you know, he's yeah. listed on spot track as a center, just like a lot of the power forwards on spot track are like six foot five, six foot six guys. It's positionless NBA, right? It's like Josh Akogi, right? He's like what? Six, four, but he plays like he's six, nine. Right. So he's on this list. And if we get him in and we use him as a backup power forward, I agree with that too. Like, give me some more trends, like fucking inject that shit. I'd be so mm-hmm. jazzed, man. Oh my God. Uh, Imagine cu- him and Ish Wainwright coming off the bench together. Their shoulders would like block the entire Dude, paint. Out. You would just be the fuck shit up, guys. You know, like that. That's who. That's who they would be. Um, some other guys who are on this list. If you look at the rotation t- tier, we mentioned we mentioned Montrez Harrell, Cody Zeller, uh, Jackson Hayes from New Orleans. I think that's hysterical that they didn't bring him back. Uh, Mo Wagner. I, I didn't realize Mo Wagner was an unrestricted free agent. Now, granted, uh, the. Orlando Magic have his bird right, so they, you know, they, they'll probably offer him something. But well, and his brother plays there too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, busy as we said. Drew Eubanks, and a guy I really like is Thomas Bryant. Um, I think but that he's going to he garner really more. disappeared uh, in Denver, didn't he? Well, they didn't play him because I mean he's playing behind Jokic, right? <laughs> but like he was even great then, with they were, Washington. They, they were turning to DeAndre Jordan still this is true and he didn't do much while he was playing in la as well but and, right. and again this is a Suns fan talking about thomas bryant because we know oh, wait, he's a Suns killer yeah. he's a Suns killer he would fuck shit up 
when we played against him. So I'm just like sitting there, it's like, hi, Thomas, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Stop hurting us. <laughs> yeah, that hurts you can be on feeling. our team. <laughs> and then if you look at the starter tier available, Mason Plumley, Christian Wood, Jakob Pertl, and then Brooke Lopez is the all star tier. I think obviously none of no one above per spot track starter tier is attainable, in my opinion, nor does it need to be attainable. Yeah, I, the only person I could possibly consider but he's going to get money somewhere i would imagine is wood like no well really maybe i would say plumley um but yeah, there's going to be, be some backup. not great team that's going to be like we need to get close enough to the salary cap to not get in trouble so here's another eight million dollars you're 100 percent right gonna, i need to just keep banking he'll, all these. <laughs> he'll be a spur yeah like i, I could that. see yeah. him as a spur and he might get yeah. some starter minutes with Victor Womanyama playing some four at times. They can offer him a bunch of money. I can absolutely see that. So, you know, with all those players, I, you know, obviously I've confessed my love for Montrez Harrell. I've, I've, I like Thomas Bryant because I'm a Suns fan um, and bringing busy back again, I think is like, there's a lot of pieces of this team that the Suns are rumored to be bringing back like Damian Lee, for example, I think that's a fantastic bring back. Do you? Oh, absolutely. I don't know. The only thing I have against Lee, I mean, especially if he's on a minimum contract, I got that's extremely difficult to complain about somebody that'll play for the absolute minimum for you that can actually do something fairly well, which is shoot threes. I don't know why he's not more aggressive with it. I like that he portrays a more well-rounded game, but I want him to shoot more threes. <laughs> like yeah. I just want him to be that guy. He's a 45% for three-point shooter. He's like driving for middies and fouling. Every time anybody walks by him, he just slaps his hand. But he's a great guy to have during the regular season to relieve the pressure off the bench, to provide scoring consistently when Devin Booker and, and Bradley Beal sit down. So I think you know uh, the, the Stein line reported today that he's the surest player to re-sign with the Suns, which I was actually quite shocked by. I honestly thought that due to the fact that he shot the highest uh, uh, the highest percentage of a Phoenix Sun outside of Cameron Johnson and Kevin Durant this season, I thought for sure that due to that skill set, he would be gone and somebody would offer him a, a mid-level exception or part of a mid-level exception. He'd go get six, seven, eight million dollars somewhere. Uh, and I was really shocked that, you know, again, per the Stein line, that he is coming, he's the surest bet to come back to Phoenix. But I'm all for it. No, exactly. I, I think the only thing that might slow him down is he's he's not a huge guard uh I'm, and he's he's what 31 now sounds right yeah i mean he he's you know it's kind of like running backs on the other age of 30 uh so if, if you can't explain it to yourself like oh and he can you know is he's just he's just three he's not three and d with athletic upside i, I mean but again agree. we don't need that but you're right i don't know why somebody doesn't hey here's five million and and they might, but he might go, you know what? I still want to play with these guys. And that's the beauty right. of an unrestricted free agent. He can say, you know what? I, th- these are the guys I want to play with. I want to go win a chip with these guys. I, I will say this. I was disappointed because you were talking about Montrez Harrell. Um, I do have a strange affinity for Andre Drummond uh, because <laughs> I still remember the tra- trajectory of his career of like being the man, getting like a max contract, and now, basically, he's looking at like minimums probably for the rest of his career. After, oh yeah, uh, he opted back in with uh, with the Bulls in yeah. Chicago. But yeah, uh, after that, it's going to be that. But he's a guy that just 
rebounds the ball and scores real close to the basket. And yeah, I just I just think of him as a, as a Laker doing the back down thing, and I will always hate him for it. Um, so fuck Andre Drummond. Uh, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. So again, there's plenty. Oh, of there things. is there is another player out there that we did not mention that I also think we should bring back. Dennis, or not bring back. No, yeah, close. Oh. Um, but it is a it's a foreign player. Uh, I believe he recently played in Taiwan uh, by the name of Dwight Howard, a Hall of Fame center who also played with Frank Vogel's team and won a title with him. So I wouldn't be. Ne- I wouldn't hate on as, Dwight as the third center. Yeah, I wouldn't hate on Dwight Howard. A minimum contract, or what about this? What about if Boogie Cousins came in as your third center? No Boogie. Okay. But Dwight, yeah, I just, it's more like Dwight, Dwight's a jackass, you know, but like DA's a jackass and like DeMarcus Cousins is an asshole and there's just a difference yeah. there, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'd rather have a couple of jackasses than an asshole on the team because a right. jackass you kind of laugh at in the, in the, in the locker room and you're like, that guy's such a jack, put your jock strap on you fucking jackass. <laughs> We're like an asshole's in there and there's like. They're 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 saying fucked he up. He puts things. the jock strap on your face. Yeah, he's he puts like, ah, a, yeah. He's, funny. He's, like, he's like smell. He's like suck my jock. <laughs> you know, it's like there's just a difference there, and I I honestly think that that's what it is to me. <laughs> it's such a good analogy. <laughs> you get only that kind of analogy here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So I'm just saying, you know. But on that note, I think I think it's a you know we were hitting about a, a buck oh eight in this. So I, I appreciate Jake taking some time and covering for Matthew. He's a, he's a busy man, dude right now so the fact that you could step in here is truly truly appreciated uh the the hottest free agent sun podcasting fallen founder let everyone know free, free agency opens tomorrow this is oh, oh, oh okay noted duly noted okay we're gonna be covering everybody and everywhere they're going and then we're gonna be like so where'd jake end up he's on a fucking bulls podcast now talking about andre drummond that's really unfortunate bring back the back to the basket post up it's the future of the league no one's doing it i'm telling you everybody's everybody's outside now i got busy shooting free throws during the offseason it would be a lot better for me because it would be central time zone (laughs) this is true this is true well again i i truly appreciate you coming on jake let everyone know where they can follow you at Fallen Founder, I'll be watching along with you guys all tomorrow and through the holiday week next week, where I'm sure a lot of work at everyone's place will be getting done. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh what's the reason behind Fallen Founder as a as a name? Ooh, now, now you're gonna make me nerd out a bit. Um, it was to be quite honest, I had next to very little interest in joining Twitter, and uh, <laughs> I had a, a book next to me. Uh, called Fallen Founder, and it was a biography on uh, Aaron Burr, uh, the founding father. And, uh, of course, most people only remember Aaron he Burr. He shot Alexander like, Hamilton. Oh, yeah, that guy that shot Hamilton. What a jerk. I just and, remember the milk uh, commercial. Yes. Okay, that's an old, that's an old reference. Yeah. Aaron Burr. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who shot Alexander Aaron Hamilton? Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. Yeah, call me on the radio station. I'm sorry. Don't, can't hear you. Yeah. No, uh, so it's basically, yeah, it was like, Oh, basically early forms of PR in early America, like by Hamilton's people made Burr like suffer because like he was like a military hero. And like he, he was like, a, I think it's governor of New York, vice president, yeah. like and people are just like, oh, that guy that shot, uh, yeah. you know, that shot uh, Hamilton. What an asshole. Yeah. You know, 
or a, you know, a jackass? No, an asshole. That's right. Yeah, not the one we like. <laughs> He's not Dwight Howard. Is what so we're that's so that's the reason behind Fallen Founder. I was always wondering. So the oh, Fallen yeah. Founder is Aaron. PR team. Is it is Aaron Burr? That's funny. Yeah. No, I'm not him at all. It was just a book. No, I, I get it. No, I, I get like, it though. Uh, I get it though. I bet you nobody's got that. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I, I appreciate Fallen Founder joining us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you follow the show, the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can read my writing at Bright Side of the Sun or Darth Side of the Sun. We'll see what we can do with that. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We did get a new five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but I'm going to wait till Matthew's back to read that. So if you haven't done so already, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate it five stars, write a review. We'll read it right here on the podcast when Matthew's back. So again, thank you for joining us. And thank you everyone who's hanging out in the chat. Let the free agency begin. You never know when an emergency pod's going to pop up. So get ready for it, motherfuckers. Oh, and uh, go, go home and love. love your free agent. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.